Okay, today's lesson, uh, Winning Souls by Using the Born Again Approach, from John chapter 3. And uh, uh, let's see if I can still do this. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus answered, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb, be born again? Uh, <coughs> Jesus said unto him, The that was born of the flesh is flesh. That was born of the spirit is spirit. Uh, marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou cannot hear the sound thereof. You don't know where it goes. You don't know where it comes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. And Nicodemus answered, how can these things be? Jesus said, art thou master of Israel and knowest not these things? Uh, verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that which we have known, we testify which, that which we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you have not believed me, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? As the, no one can ascend up to heaven except he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. For as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We could all say this, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world would be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he believeth not on the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is condemnation. The light has come into the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. He that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that it may be manifest that his deeds are wrought in God. So today we're talking about being born again. From John chapter 3, 1 through 21. Thank you. I just do that to see if my Alzheimer's is not kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the born-again approach, in my opinion, yeah, thank you. Anybody didn't get a handout, lift your hand up. Looks like we've got lots of them left. So I'll wait before we get started there. Still plenty of seats up in the front. Got one? Everybody got one? Okay, in my opinion, the best way to win an unsaved religious person is by using Jesus' example here of being born again. And anybody who talks to people goes so winning. Anybody who goes to church, we know that most religious people are lost. <laughs> That's what religion does. It keeps you lost. <laughs> and so uh, thank God for this powerful scripture here where we can go to the words of Jesus and I, in my office I have a red letter edition New Testament but it, uh, I just about wore it out in India 
So I missed my new, my red letter edition, but if you have the red letter edition, one of the fun things about John chapter 3 is all that red just sticks out, because <laughs> those are uh, uh, the Nicodemus asking questions, everything is Jesus talking. And so we're talking about the master soul winner, and so this is some great place. I've led Catholics to the Lord from this scripture, I've led Lutherans to the Lord, Methodists to the Lord. Anglicans to the Lord, and Baptists to the Lord, <laughs> from talking about you must be born again. You go to church, are you born again? You're religious, are you, are you born again? You must be born again. Uh, one of my, I have many stories, but one of my favorite ones is when we were at, uh, at the Central Baptist Church, where Pastor Tim and I served together there, before he came to Stockton, then I came to Stockton, and then he came to Lodi, and I came to Lodi. And so when he goes to heaven, well, I'll go and go to heaven, or, or vice, vice versa. We just keep following each other. <laughs> but I remember I was out so winning on our bus route, and as many times, thousands of times, I've talked to Mormon missionaries. If they're across the street, I go over there and talk to them, give them a try. So I was talking to these two Mormon elders. All these young boys call them elders. And so I was talking to them, and I just kept saying, tell me when you were born again. They'd start talking about <clears throat> Book of Mormon. Tell me when you were born again. I just kept saying that. Are you been born again? <clears throat> I've been baptized. No, I didn't say baptized when you, when you were born again. I just kept it up. And finally they said, how do you get born again? And I told them. They both knelt, they both knelt with me and prayed and asked Jesus to be their Savior. So this will work, yes. So um, thank God for this, uh, this discord. Okay, number one, as we said last week, tips from the master soul winner. More tips from the master soul winner. I love this, these principles that Jesus gives us here. And the first thing that I see is Jesus got right to the point in verse number three. There was a... Man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus by night and said unto him, uh, said, Jesus, I believe you're from heaven because nobody could do these miracles. That's one of the uh, uh, examples I use when I'm talking to Hindus in India. I begin talking to them. I talk about the love of God. And often people say, how do you win Hindus? How can a Hindu get saved who's never heard the gospel? And so I start talking to Hindus, go in the village, go up to the door uh, when I'm presenting the gospel uh, in an in a outdoor meeting type. I, just, I start by talking about the love of God. There's one God, and that sort of zeroes in on the, away from their false gods. God loves everybody. And then I begin uh, focusing on, on Jesus. And just, just talk about Jesus and tell them that Jesus is who he said he was. Uh, get right to the point. Sometimes you just got to get right to the point and talk about Jesus. So Jesus got to the point. Except a man be born again, Jesus said. So Nicodemus was a Pharisee in the way of introduction there. But he still had an open heart uh, for Jesus. Some religious people, their minds are just closed. 
I've talked to Jehovah Witnesses, and it seemed like the devil just blinded them so much, their mind is closed. Talk to Mormons, their mind is closed. Talk to Catholics, their mind is closed. I was out sobering in L.A. last week. If I shared this illustration, I may have shared it at camp. So many things in my mind. Uh, But uh, I knocked on a door, and a man came to the door, said he was on staff at the uh, Catholic Church. I don't know if that means he was a priest or whatever. So I began talking to him. I got out uh, our track, track I wrote, and I said, that when I was uh, 24, I prayed this sinner's prayer. I said, have you ever prayed the sinner's prayer? Do you know the sinner's prayer? Which is the way I approach Catholics. And he said, he, he said, I'm not sure. And I said, well, you probably know it. Maybe just don't know but at that name. And then I read the sinner's prayer, and this Catholic man said, I would never pray that prayer. And and the reason why he'd never pray a prayer, because the prayer says, the one I wrote, <laughs> says, uh, uh, I know that I'm a sinner who deserves hell. <laughs> I believe you paid for my sin with your own blood. He, would, he said, I will never pray that prayer. So that's <clears throat> a deceived religious person, <laughs> a religious person who claims to believe in Jesus, who would never pray and ask Jesus to forgive him of his sin. So, so religious people are lost, not all of them. So thank God for this. Excellent way and get right to the point. Those of you who've been to my soul winning lessons, and last year I mentioned this, I talk about having a, a, a friendly opener, a warm-up conversation, spiritual approach question, but sometimes we just need to get right to the point. Yeah. Sometimes we just need to say Jesus. And once we say Jesus, he can start working. When you talk to a Mormon, say Jesus. Talk to Muslims, say Jesus. Talk to Jehovah's Witness, say Jesus. How many times I've walked away from, or <clears throat> they usually walk away from me. How many times I've left a conversation with Jehovah's Witness, and then I've said, <clears throat> I don't know if you've been paying attention to this conversation, but all the time I've been talking about Jesus, and you've been putting Jesus down. I've been telling you that he's God, you've been denying that he's God. So... Uh, just talk about Jesus got right to the point. The next, Jesus kept the main thing, the main thing. He stayed on the subject. And uh, this is probably, uh, may seem not to be relevant to those who don't uh, regularly engage in soul winning, but perhaps sometime in your life you can use this, talking to a neighbor or a, fa- or a family member. But those of us who witness to people, we know that uh, the devil's main trick is to get us off the subject. <laughs> yeah, they'll ask, somebody will ask crazy questions. They'll ask, they'll want to argue. Uh, you know, if you talk to a Muslim, and the reason I keep saying Muslim, because I was out last night, Muslim, you can't go to Lodi without witnessing the Muslim. You shouldn't go to Mo- Lodi without witnessing to a Muslim. They put it that way. Uh, and so all these things that would interact, but the, the Nicodemus tried to uh, ask questions that get Jesus off the course, and Jesus' next thing was, he said, barely, barely I say unto you, except you be born again. And so this religious person came, Jesus bypassed all of his religion, he bypassed all of his goodness, you can imagine being a Pharisee, you can imagine being a priest, a Catholic priest, imagine being some liberal church pastor, and there's nothing worse than, than a religious leader 
the, to be tempted by pride. I mean, it's a prideful thing. And it's a prideful thing to be a, a religious leader. And those of us who are in spiritual leaderships, it's also tempting for us to have some kind of pride. Uh, you know, look at me. I'm an ordained <laughs> pastor. No, we're all sinners saved by God's grace. There's no, there's no big shot Christians. There's no little shot Christians. <laughs> and in case we think we are there, a good dose of Matthew 23 put that to rest, <laughs> or Jesus got on all those religious people there. But anyway, Jesus got to the point, he stuck to the main thing, stuck to the subject, and when, when I'm so winning and somebody asks me a question, to not to be rude or to, be, uh, to just brush them off, I try to answer the question quickly, to the point, and if it's a long question or if it's just a crazy question, I'll say, I'll be glad to answer that question. Can I finish telling you what I'm telling you right now? And I go through the plan of salvation, and then I go back to usually there's no questions when you get through doing that. But anyway, Jesus kept the main thing, the main thing. And by the way, the main thing is to tell people about Jesus. The main thing is to tell people they need to be born again. And so, okay. This time, though, Jesus made it personal. Nicodemus didn't quite get it the first time. So Jesus said, ye, or you must be born again. Nicodemus, you, yes, you, Pharisee. Yes, you who think you keep the Ten Commandments. Yes, you who are a master of Israel. Yes, you who teach others. Uh, yes, you who claim to believe in God. Less, yes, you who've got your religious Pharisee robe on. You must be born again. So Jesus made it possible. He stayed on the subject. And uh, I, I believe in apologetics, but sometimes apologetics just don't work. We just need to preach about Jesus. You know, us, us Christians, we're good at quoting Peter, and it's a good principle. Peter said, be ready to give an answer to every man for the hope that is in you. We forget that little word right there. <clears throat> We're not to give an answer to every man for every theology belief there is. <laughs> We're not to know how to give an answer to every Muslim. We're not to study Hinduism and Islam so we can know all the answers. We're not to study Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormonism to know all that. We give an answer for the hope that is in it, and our hope is Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's our hope. Our hope is in in Jesus. So that's our answer that we get. That's, that's the person that we talk to. Next bullet. Jesus exposed the fact that religious knowledge and credentials doesn't mean you know God personally. If anybody should have known God personally, it should have been Nicodemus. He was a, he was a lawyer, a doctor. He was the master of Israel, as Jesus said. And, uh, but he did not know God personally. How Sad, there's people that don't know God personally. Maybe there's someone sitting in this room this morning that you've come to Sunday school, you're coming to the home church, but you don't know God personally. You don't have a personal relationship with Him. You've never been born again. You never received God's Spirit. I do. Yes, thank you, Tony. <laughs> Amen. Can I get a witness? Yes. Amen. A little note I put here. 
Jesus was more interested in Nicodemus's B.A. degree than he was his doctorate degree. He was interested in Jesus being born again. Amen. And that's the degree... That's, that's the degree that Jesus is interested in. So I asked this morning, do you have your B.A. degree? Amen. Nothing, yes. e nothing else matters if you don't have your B.A. degree. <laughs> so, you fire us up. All right. So it's a great way to approach religious people. It <clears throat> just sort of bypasses their religion and causes them to to think about this wonderful subject being born again. Often it doesn't work. Last night I had great visits, just a wonderful visit with a, a young girl. She'd been to the home church before. I thought she'd ridden the bus because I was in Lodi. I said, you ride the bus? She goes, no, my mom bought me, brought me. And, when I, and the way I, I showed her the picture of the Noah's Ark, I said, I'm from the church with the Noah's Ark. She goes, oh, I've been to that church before. And the only reason I talked to her because her grandparents we're sitting in the, in the front yard, so I was, kept witnessing, and they never told me to stop. She, she goes, that's the church where they taught me to be kind. And Hallelujah. so, wow, praise the Lord. And anyway, she'd never prayed the sinner's prayer. She'd never asked Jesus in her heart, and she did. She prayed with me. Then I finished that street, went across, and went to put some tracks in apartments. It was 100 degrees still, 7.30 last night, 100 degrees. And when I got back between these two apartments, there was a lady sitting back there all by herself, just sitting there. I don't know what she was doing. And asked what she was doing. I just did what I do. I was friendly to her. <clears throat> gave her a track. I started talking to her. I said, you notice I'm not talking about a church, but, but about Jesus? She goes, that's why I haven't ran you off yet. <laughs> exactly what she said. She said, I noticed that. said, all you did is talk to me about Jesus. And she prayed, and asked her name is Rumi, pray for her. And she's not, she might be here today, I don't know. But, uh, it's just a wonderful visit. And I was thanking God for leading me to the right place, leading me to the, I could have went, I was, when I parked, I was deciding where to go, that way, that way, this way, that way. And the Lord let me down. So I, I just used the track. I didn't talk about being born again. I went through the, the, the question track that I wrote that, we use, so make sure you get, keep question tracks. By the way, we even got them in Spanish now. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Last Saturday night, I came to church. It was Saturday morning, past him as I, I came to church. I just opened the box, grabbed a bunch of tracks. I was just passing them out. <laughs> and uh, going to find out I got only Spanish ones. <laughs> because last year, there was, we've never had Spanish tracks in the question before. So. Anyway, That's a good thing. yeah, and coincidentally, I was in an area where there was a lot of Spanish-speaking people, so. so the Lord knew that. So to sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, Tony asked me about Linda. Linda was out passing out tracks Friday and, uh, in, a, in a little town there outside of where we live, and she actually got inv invited into a home. That's very rare now, and she got to uh, lead, lead a lady to the Lord using the track. And yesterday, she told me about a guy that was talking to her. She befriended this guy. He said he had, he had tattoos all over him. He had uh, piercings in his nose and his lip, had the things in his ears. To, to most people, it would have been a, a little scary to talk to, but not Linda. So she, be, she befriended him. She went to give him a track. And she, she said, here, let me give you some Jesus love. And that's how she approaches people. 
He said, oh, I'm the wrong person. And he took off his hat, and he had Satan symbols. They worship Satan with that. And so that didn't deter Linda either. Said, uh, she went ahead and gave him the track. He took it. And then he bought her groceries for her. He, paid, he, he gave the person $50, went back to the store, gave the person $50 at the register. This is for this lady's groceries. So for that person, probably using the born-again experience, wasn't going to work too much. So sometimes we just Whoa. tell them about Jesus. So we keep the first thing first. Our, our, that was our song for our youth camp. And this was actually the song that I was going to play either today or next week. So I'm going to play it today because it was our youth camp song. Nothing can stop, Linda. No. Is it ready? I think so. Okay, we'll have to crank it up. Things that I felt the vanities that whispered in my ear. What would I do if they all disappeared? Riches and fame and all that they could buy. I've come to find they never satisfied. What would I gain if my soul's a prize? I don't want to love what the world loves. I don't want to chase what the world does. I only want you. I only want you. First things first, I seek your will.
Themes. How many were at youth camp? Counselors and all right, thank you for everyone being here. Our, our, our chief cook and bottle washer back there, Sarah. <laughs> okay, then we got these Mike and Maggie are graduated from youth camp or seniors now, so they're they can come to the adult class now. Amen. Anyone else that was a senior at camp besides that I left out? All right, yes. Catherine. Catherine, yes. Okay. And your daughter was senior at camp this time. Okay. So. All righty. She's one of our great singers, too. Yes. Okay, that's when the kids go downhill when they get graduated from youth camp. That's, <laughs> all, that's my observation through the 40 years of doing youth camp anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you can relate to that. Exactly, <laughs> we have the theology from the master soul winner. Theology from the master soul winner. If we're going to win souls, we have to have our theology right. That's why uh, cults don't win souls. Their theology is not right. Uh, so that's why churches that don't preach the Bible don't win souls, because their theology is not right. So Jesus was the master theologian. He is the theologian. <laughs> he inspired the Bible. He is the word. So, uh, first bullet, Jesus declared that he was the son of man from heaven. He said, no man has sinned up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man which is in heaven. The, the cults, the Muslims, love to say that Jesus didn't say he was God. <laughs> Jesus did say he was God. <laughs> he was the son of man in heaven. He was God in heaven. He became flesh. He left heaven. And the only way he could get back to heaven when he ascended was to come down from heaven. He told Nicodemus that. He preached the, uh, he preached the death. We'll see that in a moment. He preached his death, burial, and resurrection. He resurrected. He ascended back into heaven. That's what Jesus is teaching Nicodemus right here. That he was in heaven. He is in heaven. He did claim to be God. Jesus made it clear, next book, that the serpent on the pole in Numbers 21.8 was a type of the cross. In the book of Numbers, God's people had sinned as they kept doing. And the, uh, Moses was trying to intercede for God not to destroy them. God said, this is the only reason I won't destroy them. You get a pole, you put a serpent on it. And you raise that serpent up on the pole, and you tell the people to look at that serpent. And if they look at the serpent and believe, I'll heal them, and I'll forgive them. That was a picture of the cross, a thousand years before Jesus came. Jesus became sin. He became a serpent. He became a snake. He became a worm, Psalm 22 said. And Jesus hung on that cross, gave his blood. And Nicodemus knew that story. Remember the verse where Jesus said, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Nicodemus knew this story very well. And so he was, Jesus was giving him what that story was about. And that's another amazing thing about religious people. Religious people can read the Bible and have the faintest idea what the Bible is talking about. 
That's why they, they, they have false doctrine. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He could read all that. Even to this day, an Orthodox Jew stumbles over the Isaiah 53. They, they haven't, they, they'll deny it till they go to hell. <laughs> that, that, I, that Jesus wasn't a fulfillment of Isaiah 53. They will deny it till they go to hell that Jesus wasn't the fulfillment of Isaiah 61, where Jesus stood in the temple that day, and he read from Isaiah 61. He said, I, I'm the person here that this is talking about. So religious people, are, they read, read the Bible, but they're blinded to the Bible because the Holy Spirit has to illuminate the truth of God's Word. And of course, there's enough in the Bible that anybody can understand. We've all heard this. <clears throat> no, Pastor Tim said it, and I've said it, but it's not... Uh, uh, someone says, I can't understand the Bible, but it's usually not what they can't understand that keeps them from reading the Bible. It's what they do understand. <laughs> Anybody can understand, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not commit adultery. <laughs> we, we can all understand those things. But Nicodemus had to have some help understanding what it means to be born again. And Jesus is giving him that help. Next bullet, Jesus revealed that being born again is receiving salvation when one believes or trusts in him. This is another place where us Christians can get sidetracked, spending an hour trying to tell somebody how to be born again. <laughs> That's why Jesus gave us John 3.16. <laughs> Jesus said, Nicodemus, I know this sounds complicated, but being born again, here's what it means. God's loved you so much that he sent me to die for you. If you believe in me, the Holy Spirit will come in, and you'll be born again. That's what being born again. So when we're using that born again, we go, leads us right to the John 3, 16, that Jesus is the Savior of the world. So Jesus shared that with Nicodemus. That's when one is born again, the Bible says. Someone said the other day about transgenders uh, if you don't like the way you were born don't have surgery be born again <laughs> that's a good one to use on homosexuals gender on any kind of sinner right man we all need to be born again and by the way we all need to be born again <laughs> uh, Nicodemus was in the same boat as the worst sinner there is he needed to be born again so Jesus made that clear. Okay, then thirdly, last point, truth from the master soul winner. And Jesus shared what the truth of the matter is in verse 21. The truth of the matter is we need to come to Jesus. If we've come to Jesus, then our sins are forgiven. We've been born again. Our name is written in heaven. That's the truth of the matter. The final truth and the great truth and the most important truth is that someone has Jesus in their heart. The most important thing in someone's life is that they've been born again. The most important thing is that someone knows Jesus. And Jesus made that very clear. And Jesus himself said in verse, in verse 17, the next bullet, Jesus didn't come to condemn, but to save. He didn't come to condemn, but to save. That's why Mike Robinette is standing right here today. Because Jesus didn't come to condemn me, he came to save me. And if I 
ended up being condemned is because I condemned myself but not by not accepting Jesus. But he didn't come to condemn me. He came to find me. <laughs> he came to love me. He came to search me. He came to, find, to bring himself to me. Thank God for that. Thank God he didn't come to con- condemn us. And by the way, that's why we shouldn't be in the ministry of condemning people. <laughs> it's not our job to condemn people. It's our job to go tell them about Jesus, that he didn't come to condemn them. He came to save them. And uh, so it's, I'd like to condemn people, but uh, I can't throw a stone. I can't, I can't go to the rock concert because Jesus said, Ye without sin cast the first stone. Some of you hear that every year. I know that. <laughs> Next truth Jesus shared is without Jesus, one is condemned already. We were born condemned. As I said last week, anybody has a five-year-old, uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to give, have a theological lesson to know that they're sinners. They are sinners. But we were born sinners. We were born condemned. And so we have to receive Jesus. I preached at camp. That the reason why people have to receive Jesus is because Jesus is eternal life. And you can't have eternal life without receiving eternal life. Just like we can't have power without receiving the electricity. Uh, no one can have eternal life without Jesus. Muhammad can't give eternal life. There's no hope in the Pope. There's no hope in religion. Only Jesus can give eternal life. Because he is eternal life. So when we receive Jesus, we receive eternal life. That's why we know that we can't lose our salvation. Because eternal life lived and moved inside of us. Next book, the ultimate condemnation is because mankind chooses darkness rather than light. This is condemnation that light has come to the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. <coughs> He that doeth evil hateth the light. That's why people hate Jesus. That's why people reject Jesus. That's why people don't want to come to church and hear the Bible. That's why people run from us when we try to tell them about Jesus. That's why neighbors don't speak to us if they know that we're going to talk about Jesus. That's why people are afraid of tracts. That's why if you walk in a bar... With the 66 caliber King James versions, it'd be <laughs> 10 times scarier than a 45 caliber. Because people are scared of Jesus. They hate Jesus. They, they don't, Jesus exposes their light. And so and that's the ultimate con. That's the unpardonable sin, by the way. The unpardonable sin is choosing sin and the world over Jesus. That's, if, you, if you want to condemn yourself, if the world wants to go to hell, then that's how they go to hell, by refusing to accept that salvation by stepping through the blood of Jesus Christ. And then, as I said at the beginning of this point, the ultimate truth is coming to the light. Coming to the light. But the Tony echoed it a while ago when I said it. But <laughs> I'm standing here, and the most exciting thing about my life, and the only real exciting thing about my life, <laughs> is I've come to the truth. I've got it. I've got it. Sinful, crazy, weirdo, Mike Robinette has got, has got it. I've got the greatest truth there is. I've got eternal life. I've got Jesus because I accepted him. 
And that's the greatest truth that ever happened to me. It's the only good thing about me. And it's the only good thing about you, by the way. You know, Jesus said you're saved. You need nothing else. Nothing else. It yes. Helps to have Linda, though. Yes, yes. It helps to have Linda, though. Yes. Jack Kyle. She comes next Sunday. Jack Kyle's preached a sermon on the Trinity and made the application to the family. The father, the wife, and the children are a picture of the Trinity. And he said the, the wife is a type of the Holy Spirit. Linda heard that sermon 50 years ago, and she believes that to this day. <laughs> and she thinks she's my Holy Spirit. So. All right, let's bow our heads. What a woman, what a woman. <laughs> Bow our heads. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.